All right, good afternoon. Recently, I, uh, on a, my YouTube video, someone asked a question. It was a very good question, and it's what I want to talk about today. It said, why did God give Moses the commandments, especially, you shall not kill, and yet after they passed the Red Sea, God commanded them to kill everyone in their path? <laughs> uh, when Jews took any city in their path to the promised land, they literally killed all women, children, and they did that at God's command, who also told them not to kill anyone. I really don't understand. Now, it's a, it's a good question, and I think you understand the answer to it, and, but I'm going to go over it anyway uh, just to rehearse this. I think a lot of times people will use things like this to say, well, you see, God's talking out of both sides of his mouth. He says, don't kill, and then he goes in there and tells them to wipe out all the people, men, women, and children. They use this to refute the Bible. They use this to disprove God. They use stuff like this to hate on God, uh, to discredit the Bible and God. Examples like this. Well, if that's what God is like, I don't want anything to do with God. And uh, they use this as an excuse. Well, so I'm going to try to explain this. And in, in, uh, the commandment, thou shall not kill, would be correctly translated, thou shalt do no murder. Big difference between the two, actually, between killing and murder. What is the difference between killing and murder? Well, murder is premeditated. It's thought out. It's planned out. It's, it's something, you know, you get angry. You, again, premeditated. We might say that an example of that in our history would be maybe uh, what I think O.J. Simpson did. <laughs> that was premeditated. Uh, the man behind, who was the man behind the mask? Well, one day we're going to find out in, in O.J.'s second trial. Um, Jesus talks about premeditated murder. He said, I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment, and whosoever shall say to thy brother Raka shall be in danger of the council, but whosoever shall say thy fool shall be in danger of hell fire. Again, premeditated, angry, you think about it, you hate this person, I'm going to get even with this person, I don't like this person, and uh, it would be uh, pre, murder is premeditated. Premeditated murder begins in the mind, you know, begins with hatred toward a person. You know, no one just wakes up one day and says, I think I'll go out and, and, and murder someone today. No, it, it starts in the mind. Now, let's notice the difference between premeditated murder and killing. Uh, Exodus 21, verse 14, touches on this subject. Uh, Exodus 21, verse 14, but if a man come presumptuously... There's a word, presumptuously, upon his neighbor to slay him with guile. Thou shalt take him from my altar that he may die. Okay, presumptuously, with guile, planned out, premeditated, whatever. Uh, now, killing though, let's say killing in self-defense, killing in war, wartime, is not wrong because it's, one, it's not premeditated. Uh, if, if someone breaks in your house to, to do you harm, breaks in your door with a gun, you know, it, it's okay to defend yourself. It's okay to, if, if, you, if you have a, a gun, to, to protect yourself, uh, to shoot back if they're out to do you harm, uh, especially if they break in your house. Wartime, killing in wartime, as long as the war is just, okay? 
It's okay, as long as the war is just. My father fought in Germany. World War II. Uh, Hitler against Hitler. I think that was a just war because of the evil of that type of man, the, the man that Hitler was. Okay, killing in wartime is okay as long as the war is just. Israel was an instrument in the hands of God to kill people during wartime. All right, it, just, it, 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 was, it was a just cause. Why was it a just cause? Because it was God that told them to do it, is the reason I'm, I'm making that assumption. Uh, often people will say, uh, you know, well, what about turn the other cheek? And, uh, you know, Greg brought up this uh, good point, and uh, that probably what Jesus was actually talking about is personal insult, uh, not necessarily body, bodily harm. You know, if, if someone walks up to you and knocks your teeth out, you know, I don't think you're supposed to just turn the other cheek. He, he's, Jesus was probably talking about bodily harm, excuse me, not bodily harm, personal insult. That, that's when you turn the other cheek. You know, you, you're not going to retaliate because someone insults you, personal insults. I get those all the time. Personal insults on, on uh, some of my YouTube videos. Uh, and so you don't let that eat away at you. But uh, so he's, Christ was probably not talking about rolling over and playing dead. Uh, someone walks up and harms your, your wife or something like that. You don't just stand there and turn the other cheek. Now, this verse, uh, I'll look at this verse that, that this person was talking about, their concern with why did God say don't kill, and then he told Israel to go in there and wipe out. 1 Samuel 15 and verse 3 is probably the verse they're referring to. Instructions from God. Now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not, but slay both man, woman, infant, and suckling ox and sheep, camel and ass. Yeah, I admit, it's hard to understand. It's hard, hard to wrap your mind around. But here's some, some points we need to remember. The, the nations that God told Israel to wipe out were sinful beyond our imagination. Their religion involved infant sacrifice, perversions of the worst kind, temple prostitution of little boys and little girls, evil, wicked people, and nations. And God says, go in there and wipe them out. Okay. Keep in mind that God is a loving God, but he is also a just God. Often we overlook that. Yes, he's a loving God. And we like to talk about the love of God and, and grace and all that. But he's also a just God. If God allowed infant sacrifice, evil, murder, perversion of every kind to go on and on and on, he would not be a just God. He would not be a just God. Yes, it's hard to understand Israel was an instrument in the hand of God to totally wipe out the evil of many nations. Now, it is hard to understand, but we have to understand God is also a just God. I want to look at a city that God destroyed. Genesis 13, verse 13. I'll talk about this a little bit, and I'm going to skip through this story, make some points about it. Genesis 13, and verse 13. Here's a, here's a little city that God destroyed like with a nuclear blast, burned it up. <laughs> but the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. There's a word, exceedingly. We're not talking about just wicked, but they're exceedingly wicked. And the type of sin, bestiality, homosexuality, yes, that, that's what we're dealing with here. Uh, 
in that city, there was one righteous man. His name was Lot. And God goes on a rescue mission to rescue Lot and his family. Uh, now, God had sent two angels to rescue Lot and his family. And I assume that the angels, you know, appeared in human form. I guess they were ha Hapson, ha I can't say that word. I can never say that word. Somebody, somebody help me out. Handsome. 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 Whoo! Attractive. Yeah. Yeah. And so the people of the town looked and said, well, there, there, look, there's two men in there. They're nice looking men, whatever. Genesis 19, verse 4. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house roundabout, old and young. Now, that, that's a telltale sign. This had infiltrated young, old, children. This is the way they were. And all the people from every quarter. Okay. And they called unto Lot and said to him, Where are the men which came into thee this night? Bring them out that we may know them. Now the King James, you know, uses the language to know, but he's talking about to have sexual relationship with, with the, the two men that they thought were just regular men, but they were actually angelic beings. And Lot went out at the door. Now this is Genesis 19 and verse 6. And, said to the, and shut the door after them and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. I'm going to try to explain this next verse. <laughs> Behold, now I have two daughters which have not known men. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you. And do ye unto them as good in your own eyes. Only unto these men do nothing, for they came under the shadow of my roof. Now, someone said the culture back then, that time of hospitality, and maybe Lot knew that they were special beings, angelic beings, whatever. But this reveals either one or two things. Either Lot himself was, was so influenced, the influence had taken that drastic of an effect on him that he would... And I can't wrap my mind around that one because I'm a father. I have a daughter. And I, there's no way I would say I would offer my child to a bunch of sodomites, a bunch of perverts. The other... Uh, answer may be is that he said it as a joke knowing that the men didn't want the women and I like to choose that one better you know yeah sure take my virginal daughters and do with them as you please you know he knew that they, he, he knew now get this we're talking about a culture he, uh, he knew they didn't want the women think about that think about it they, they didn't want them so probably said it as a joke the influence, though, this town had on Lot and his family is incredible. Genesis 19, verse 24, Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah, brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the city and, they which grew upon, and all which grew upon the ground. But his wife looked back from behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. Why did she look back? <laughs> it's, it's, it was like a point of, she had gone beyond the point of no return. There was to look back with yearning, with desire. I miss it. You know, we can learn to love anything in a society, and it, to say it doesn't have an effect on us, we would be lying to ourselves. We are being chipped away every single day. 
even with the Holy Spirit. I mean, we have the Holy Spirit of God. But our society is powerful, and we need to be aware of it. As I look at this story, you know, Lot and his two daughters moved into the mountains, and we talk about the effect that this town had on his own children. Genesis 19, verse 31 and the firstborn said unto the younger, Our father is old, and there is not a man in the earth to come in unto us after the manner of all the earth. Come, let us make our father drunk with wine, and we will lie with him, that we may preserve our seed and our, and our father. Again, you know, you think about, okay, this is incest, but it, it reveals what kind of society this was and the impact it had on Lot and his family. Um, the influence the town had on Lot and his family. So someone said this, uh, first we overlook evil, then we permit evil, then we legalize evil, then we promote evil, then we celebrate evil, then we persecute those who still call it evil. Now guess where we're at right now as a society? We're at the last one, where we're beginning to persecute those who call it evil. Or those who still call it evil. That's where we're at. So we're, you know, the jig is up when we start playing dumb with God. Transgender, you know, we, we have one of those in the White House, uh, for pity's sakes. Um, a man who thinks he's a woman, or whatever. When we start playing dumb with God, we don't know male from female. We, and, you know, we don't, we deny the reality of the Bible and God made them male and female. When we start playing dumb with God, the jig is up. We're close to, you know, the day of the Lord, let's say. Now, what hope would there have been for the children of Sodom and Gomorrah? The only way we can understand it is to realize the suffering of the people and the suffering of the little children would have been greater if God did nothing. That their suffering would have been worse if God had done nothing. Again, God is a just God. So he wiped, chose to wipe them out to annihilate them. Now, what a lot of people don't understand and what they miss is this. When we look at stories like Sodom and Gomorrah, we look at all the people that God, God used Israel as an instrument to wipe out nations. And, and what a lot of people don't understand is what I'm going to explain now. Of course, not everybody agrees with, with what I'm about to say. But these cities and nations that God wiped out, where Israel was an instrument in the hands of God to totally wipe out the evil of many nations, these people and nations still have hope of a future resurrection. They're not just said and done, that's it, and then, then we'll never see them again. Notice what Jesus said in Matthew 11 and verse 24, talking about the town of Sodom that we just read about. Jesus said this, 11 and verse 24, But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. Now, if you understand who Jesus is talking to, he's talking to self-righteous, religious Pharisees who, who kept the law and, and did probably a pretty good job at it. And he's saying, look, you self-righteous hypocrites, <laughs> it's going to be more tolerable in the land, for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. How could he have said that? How could he, what, is, what was he talking about? 
Another translation says this, I tell you, even Sodom will be better off on judgment day than for you. You know, a lot of people think of judgment day, they think of, okay, here's Sodom and Gomorrah. They were, they were burned up by fire. And then God's going to resurrect them and say, I'm going to do it all over again. <laughs> That's it. Okay, yeah, but a future resurrection to judgment, I believe it to be a judgment period of time. Judgment is not a sentencing. A lot of times we, we confuse those two. We think, oh, okay, they're just going to be sentenced. They're going to be resurrected and sentenced to a lake of fire. Why will they come up in a future resurrection to judgment? Why? Why will all these people that Israel, that God, you know, Israel was an instrument in the hands of God to kill all these people, why Sodom and Gomorrah, why are they coming up in a future resurrection to judgment? I believe to be shown their wicked ways and to be given an opportunity to repent. Let's notice it in Matthew 11 and verse 23. Matthew 11 and verse 23, Jesus speaking again, And thou Capernaum, which are exalted into heaven, shall be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which had been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained unto this day. Wrap your minds around. Why didn't Sodom and Gomorrah hear a message of repentance? Why didn't they? Well, I don't know why. Maybe the preachers were sitting on their hands. You know, maybe, maybe like sometimes I think, and it's not the right way to think. These people are beyond hope. What's the use of speaking up? I don't know why they didn't hear a message. But Jesus is saying, if they would have heard a message like, like I'm preaching today, these people would have, would have repented. Sodom and Gomorrah would, would, have, would have repented. That's a powerful concept to realize. <clears throat> I think a lot of people don't really understand what this resurrection to judgment is. Revelation 20 and verse 12. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were, were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. If we can look at this as a period of time, a judgment period of time, I think we will have a better understanding of what this judgment will be about. That it's not just a quick up, resurrected, and your sentence thrown into a lake of fire. It's a period of time. It says that the books were open, the Bible, and the book of life. Why is the book of life open at this moment? I believe to add new names to the book. To add new names to the book. Um, and the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every, morning, every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. So, to conclude, Sodom and Gomorrah experienced the first death. All the people and nations that died at the hands of God's justice that this person asked about in, in, as I, when I first began this message, all those people experienced the first death. Yes, they did. And all of them will be given a chance to repent and turn from their evil ways in the resurrection of judgment. And might I add, some of them will not repent. Not all of them are going to repent. All the people that come, Sodom and Gomorrah, some of those people are going to be so entrenched, 
probably in their behavior that they, they, they will have to be thrown in a lake of fire and destroyed. Not all of them will repent. But my point is this. No one will die to second death without first hearing a message of repentance. And I, that's good news because you've got to wrap your mind around. There are people. I know in America we think everybody's religious. We think everybody's saved, you know. Well, maybe we don't think, maybe we're not that gullible. But, <laughs> but we like to think everybody's heard the message. No, there are people, there are countries. There, if we go back 6,000 years of history, a man, there are people that have never heard a message of repentance. And they all deserve at least one chance shot at that. No one will die the second death. The good news is this. No one will die the second death without first hearing a message of repentance. And that, to me, is comforting. It, it, it reveals the goodness of God, that uh, he will see to it that everybody hears a message of repentance.